This episode is paired with the previous episode, The Gospel. So if this is your first time listening, or you have yet to listen to that episode, or want to be reminded of what the gospel is, please pause right now, go listen to that episode, and then come back. Okay, now that we're all caught up, let's get into it. Hey sister, welcome to the Christian Girls Tea Podcast. I'm your sister in Christ and host Anna, and we've got some really cool things that we're going to go talk about, but first, before we get into it, I'm so glad you're here with me on the Christian Girls Tea. Hi, lovely ladies. I'm so glad you're here joining me on the Christian Girls Tea Podcast. As I said, I'm your host, Anna, and today we're going to be talking about showing and sharing the gospel, what that means, how we can be doing it, because some of us learn how to share the gospel, others of us don't, so I want to make sure that we're all on the same page, all understanding what it means to be sharing this good news that we've been given. So the gospel is a lot like show and tell. We need to be showing Jesus Christ to others through how we live and act, and we need to be telling or sharing the gospel to those around us with our literal words. Showing and sharing the gospel to those around us, however embarrassing, nerve-wracking, or weird it may be, is an honor and a joy to be able to do. We have the opportunity to point those around us to our Savior, who showed us grace. Something to remember. When we're sharing the gospel, we are not the ones saving the people we're talking to. We are merely messengers that God can work through to save the person we're talking to. And remember also that just as Christ has given us grace, we need to give others grace too. If they don't express an interest in faith and believing in Christ as their savior, don't worry. Instead, pray and ask the Lord to work in their heart and bring them to himself. You know, we hear about that in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So if you're feeling genuinely, like, if you're terrified somebody hasn't, like, you know, responded to the message that you've just shared, pray about it. That's the amazing, incredible thing about prayer is that we can do it anytime, anywhere, about anyone and any situation. So, pray about it. So, we're going to start off with one of my most favorite verses ever. I've been hearing, there's a song version of this verse um, that I've been hearing and learning since I was in, like, sixth grade. Uh, and so this song is very special to me. I have it memorized. So it's Matthew 28, 19, and then I'm going to also add on verse 20 because that's super important as well. So it says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end, end of the age. So let's look at some verse takeaways from Matthew 28, 19 through 20. First of all, we, as Christ's disciples, are called to make disciples or share the gospel with those around us and teach them what we have learned. We're also called to obey the very things we're meant to share because Christ says we need to teach other people to obey everything he has commanded us. So we've been commanded these things too. It's not just us pushing the Bible and then, you know, living a different life. Like we have to be living what we believe. Remember that while we share and live out the gospel or good news, Christ is with us, supporting us and giving us the strength we need. The cool thing about the verse, uh, and surely I am with you always, if you take your hand, pick it up and look at it. I know, so weird. I don't care where you are. Just pick up your hand and look at it. You see how you have five fingers? Okay, point to your pinky. I, then your ring finger, am, middle finger, with, pointer finger, you, thumb, always. He's always with us, just like our hand, and he's always with us, just like the sunshine. So, If you, you know, 
can't use that with your hand. Just think about the sunshine. Christ is always with us. So that's something that we can be taking away from that verse too. All right, now we're going to hear what the Apostle Paul told Timothy, uh, who seemed to be kind of afraid in some different areas. So hopefully this will encourage us as we are working towards showing and sharing our faith. So read with me 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 10. It says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me as his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So as we can see from the second verse I just said, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. So we should not be living in fear or timidity. We need to accept the spirit's power, love, and self-discipline, being unashamed of the gospel. So, you know, all those questions, who, what, when, where, why, how, you know? So first of all, we're going to talk about where can we share? So we can share anywhere there's people. At school, at random moments with strangers, with your family, with your friends, with adults, with people younger than you, with people older than you, with whomever you meet. Young, old, men, women, no matter who they are, they all sin and they all need Jesus, just like we do. So, that's the where and the who and the what we know is we're sharing the gospel. Who, what, where, when. And again, you can share whenever, at any time. Why? Well, because Christ commands us in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. How? Well, let's talk about how. So, 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. 1 Timothy 4.12 Let's look at some questions to ask about different aspects of your life that may help you with sharing, or at least showing, what you believe, based on what we learned in 1 Timothy 4.12. So first, let's talk about speech or conversation. So, you can directly share the gospel if and when you feel led. You can talk about the gospel, us, sin, God, what Christ has done for us, and how we get saved. You can also just discuss your faith. You can talk about going to youth group, a church, share what you're reading in the Bible, ask them how you can be praying for them, and you can pray for them right then and there, or you can pray your head and at different times. You can also invite them to church and or youth group. But that's not the only way that we can be showing Christ through our speech. Philippians 2, 14 through 15 says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Then Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So our first question is, do you willingly share your faith? Even if it's hard, even if it's embarrassing, I'm not asking necessarily about how you feel about sharing. Do you share? Are you willing to share? But the second part is this, do your words reflect how Christ would speak or do you need to make a change to your vocabulary? Because listen, sister, in the secular world, cussing isn't always that attractive. It may make you seem tough, but that's not going to get your point across because that's what everybody else does. So you need to elevate how you speak. You need to let your conversation always be full of grace, be seasoned with salt. So seasoning, you know, makes people thirst for Christ, the living water. So, that's some questions that you need to ask yourself about your speech and conversation. 
The next one is a big one. Conduct or life. Align your life with God's will. Invest in living a life that's honoring of Christ. All right, now we're going to read a pretty big section from Galatians 5, 16 through 26. So if you want to turn there with me, go for it. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of, a, of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. And that was Galatians 5, 16 through 26. Then Romans 13, 12 says, The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shiny armor of right living. Then Colossians 3, 23 says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. We need to be living according to God's standards. But don't forget that grace we've discussed. It's okay if you fail or make mistakes. Run back to the Father and get your heart realigned with Him when sin ultimately happens. But sisters, listen. We just heard a giant list of awful sinful things that happen when we, you know, indulge our sinful desires. But then we hear these good, incredible things that come from listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying Him. Obeying him. So, we have two options in living our lives. We can either fall into evil and we can follow evil, or we can fall into Christ's arms and we can follow God. I would recommend following God because that is going to be the best way to share your faith with other people or show your faith, show the gospel, which is that even when you mess up, God is still there, but he does give us high standards to go along with all that high grace. So, we also need to remember that we need to work willingly at whatever we do. This means that we need to be working hard in all aspects of our life, whether it's at your job or your school. Well, school is, if you're in school, that's technically your job right now. You need to be working hard and working willingly at whatever you do with a cheerful attitude, like we just talked about um, from Philippians 2, 14 through 15, which says, do everything without complaining or arguing. We need to not complain or argue either. We need to work willingly with a cheerful attitude. So, here's our questions. Do you live honorably? Do you work hard? Do you live in such a way that Christ would live? Is God proud or is he wanting you to change? The next way we can be acting like Christ and showing the gospel is in love. 1 John 4:19 says, We love because he first loved us. And there's actually... My mom taught my brothers and I a really sweet song for that. So if you want help memorizing that verse, it's we love because he first loved us. First John 4, 19. So there you go. A little bit of singing for you. So let's read Mark 12, 28 through 31. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. 
He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So, we have the first two two people that we need to be loving. God, the Lord our God, and then our neighbor. Now, let's read Matthew 5, 43 through 48. You've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Loving our enemy is being different. You know how I say that at the end of each podcast episode? That's because Christ calls us to be different from the rest of the world, to live counterculturally. Most people hate their enemies, and most people have enemies. We're not called to have enemies that are people. Our enemy is sin and evil, not people. So, how do you treat other people? Do you love others, even those you don't like or even despise? Next up, let's talk about how we can show our faith in faith. Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So how do you respond to hard situations? Do you trust God or do you give up and sink into despair? Do you intentionally invest in growing your relationship with God? There are two great episodes to help you with both these questions if you're struggling. The first one is responding to hard situations as a Christian from season two. So you're going to have to scroll back just a little bit. And then the second one is spending time with God, why we need to and how we can abide from season one. So you're going to have to scroll a lot to find that episode. But those two are going to help you respond to hard situations and invest in your relationship with God. Because when you invest in your relationship with God and you let the spirit pour into you, like we heard in Galatians 5, God will produce the spirit will produce the fruit of the spirit so things that make you different from all these people who live in sin and intentionally invest in sin so there you go it's another way you can be different and more like christ the next one from first timothy 4 12 is being different and being more like christ in purity so first up what's your focus in life are you focused on worldly things or godly things Song of Songs 8.4 says, Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the time is right. Are you remaining pure in your relationships? Are you honoring God by saving sex for marriage? If you haven't, there is grace and forgiveness, and I recommend going and talking with an older Christian that you trust, like maybe your parents, to go get help and accountability. Are you remaining pure online? Are you honoring the Lord with what you're looking at? Are you honoring the Lord with your thoughts? Are you pursuing pure thoughts? Now, I get it. Purity is very hard. Let's read Colossians 3, 1 through 17. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. 
Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe, clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other in all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So that relates to purity, that it's calling us to get rid of impurity and set our thoughts, set our sights on the realities of heaven and to think about the things of heaven and to strip off all of the sin and the death and de the decay and begin to pursue Christ. And this has to do, this entire section of verses, Colossians 3, 1 through 17, connects to all of those aspects, aspects, speech, life, love, faith, and purity. So now I know this is a lot of scripture and I'm really proud of you for hanging in there, but this, this is really important for us to understand that Sharing the gospel does not just have to do with speaking. Um, it has to do with how we live, because as Christians, we're called to live counterculturally and different, differently and to live more like Christ. See, the point is not to live counterculturally or differently, but to honor Christ. The problem is that the rest of the world doesn't want to live to honor Christ. They want to live to honor themselves. So following Christ is different. Following Christ is countercultural. It's important to go through all of these different scriptures to talk about how we should be living. How we live represents the Lord Jesus. So, let's just read this next scripture and then we'll talk a little bit more about that. 1 Peter 3, 13-17 says, Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good, if that is what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. See, sometimes your countercultural lifestyle or even being associated with Christianity will cause you to be attacked verbally or physically and they won't want to listen. But other times, your countercultural lifestyle or you being different will draw people in, will cause people to want to know why you're different. And they may even ask. That's why that scripture says, and if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Here's what the Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. 
1 Corinthians 15, 58. And then here's what James told his audience. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. A perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's James 1, 2 through 4. Paul and James understand that you're going to face trials, that your faith is going to be tested, but they're calling us to be strong and immovable, to have perseverance, to push through. I get it's uncomfortable. Honey, I've been a Christian for almost my entire life. I understand it's uncomfortable. I understand that it's awkward. I understand that you'll get made fun of. I have. But listen, showing Christ, showing the gospel through your life is one of the most important things you can do because not only are you living a life that honors Christ and that is actually good for your soul, you're showing other people that they can do it too, that it's not impossible, that Jesus loves them so much that he died a criminal's death for them, for us, so that we can live with him forever, forever, and that, yeah, it's possible to survive this world as a Christian. It's going to be hard, but it's possible because nothing is impossible with God. So that was pretty intense. (laughs) But let's talk about some specific practical ways that you can show and share your faith with others because I'm sure that that's, you're like, okay, Anna, man, I'm loving all this conceptual stuff, but can we just maybe get to some practical option? All right. First of all, you can literally share the gospel, like with your words, like you can go and tell people, I get it. It's awkward. It can be embarrassing, but this is the big, this is the biggest gift that you can give to somebody else. This shows that you love them, that you care about not just their life now, but their life for eternity. Because that's what it is. We're eternal beings, and this is a battle for eternity. So, talk about the gospel, what God has done for you, etc. Share it. So, you can also find out what other people believe. And then, if there's an opportunity to share what you believe, you can be open about what you believe too, and express Christ's love for them and the truth about the gospel. Kind of a conversation segue. You can also invite your friends, classmates, and colleagues to church, youth group, and small group because that's an event that you can actually invite them to. So that's a good option. If your friend likes to read, you can offer to read a Christian book with them, or better yet, a book from the Bible itself one-on-one and then discuss what's going on. You can also lead a group Bible study at your school, church, or at your home if you can, and just invite anybody. Or, I mean, have, have good parameters so it's not like super random people that you do not know at all, but invite people to Bible study so that they can, they themselves can experience God's word. Serve other people in areas where you can help them and where they need help. So, if this cute little grandma lady next door needs a little bit of help bringing in her groceries, you can do that. If the mama up the street maybe needs you to babysit her kids once in a while, that's a great option too because you're showing love and you're serving. See, that's the key thing is we need to serve other people. You can wear clothes that have Bible verses on them, use Christian stickers on your laptop or water bottle, or you can wear a super cool cross necklace. Now, these are really small things, and a lot of times people aren't going to notice it, but sometimes people are going to notice it. Other Christians might find encouragement from that, or people might ask what it means, or if you see somebody else wearing a cross necklace and you're wearing a cross necklace, you can be like, oh my gosh, I love your cross necklace. Do you know what that means? And then boom, conversation started right there. You can and should defend the weak and vulnerable. 
step up for other people, like those who are getting bullied, harassed, or aborted, yep, I said aborted, by praying for them, encouraging them, and telling someone in power about their situation, whether that's the principal, your teacher, or the legislation in your country. Defend the unborn. Defend those who are being attacked and bullied and harassed. Those who are weak and vulnerable need our help. And that is an incredible way that we can, we can be like Jesus, because that's what he did too. You can go to church, youth group, and small group. Find ways to help and serve in your communities there. And then if you run into people who, you know, don't believe in Jesus, you can share and talk about what you're doing. And it might give you opportunities to serve people like that. And give you another way to talk about what you're doing. You can share posts and pictures of things that have to do with your faith on social media. In fact, I highly recommend that. If you're just posting about yourself, I think your heart might be in the wrong place. Instead... Be posting about things that have to do with your faith because we've died to ourselves and now we're living for Christ. So we need to be, you know, updating our social media profiles and feeds so that it honors Christ. And again, ask the question, is what I'm doing, is what I'm sharing, is what I'm looking at honoring Christ? Another really simple but encouraging thing that you can do for people is ask them how you can be praying for them and then pray. I've had many friends who were like, oh, um, yeah, sure. Can you be praying for this? And then I'll be like, yeah, sure. And then, you know, I go in and check on them and see how else I can be praying for them, how it's going with that family member or that thing. And it's a really good way to encourage other people that you're thinking about them and also, you know, give you another segue to talk about your faith so that they know that you believe in Jesus, that you pray, that you invest in your faith. So that's another idea. If you get harassed, bullied, or made fun of about your faith, stand firm and remember that Christ was harassed, bullied, and made fun of. You're in good company. Another super simple but super impactful thing you can be doing is praying for those around you who don't know Jesus and ask God to save them and then look for opportunities to share your faith with them, even if it's not with words. One of my mom's old students, uh, her dad didn't believe in Jesus, but he ended up coming to Christ right before he died. Um, and they had been praying for him for years. So, prayer is powerful. Remember our calling, sisters. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Matthew 28, 19-20 Sharing our faith is not just speaking. Speaking is an incredibly big part of it and we need to be ready to share our faith but how we live is also a testament to what we believe christ has called us to be different to live like him to go against what the rest of the world believes and acts and how they live we're called to live like christ and we're called to share christ those two are not mutually exclusive in fact they're pretty synonymous they go together so just like show and tell in school it's time to show and tell our faith you got this Sister, I am so glad you joined me on this episode of the Christian Girls Tea Podcast. I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out on Instagram at thechristiangirlstea or through email at thechristiangirlstea at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to being with you in our next episode, but until then, be different from the rest of the world. See you soon!